Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 307, and we're going to take a look at the next bank on our list that failed. This one is called Signature Bank of New York, New York. This one failed and closed March 12th, 2023. And I'm reading directly from the FDIC's uh, bank, uh, their, their website, FDIC.gov. I'm going to read to you the press release from March 12th and then the next one from March 20th of 2023. So this is from March 12th, uh, 2023. It says FDIC establishes Signature Bridge Bank as the successor to Signature Bank of New York, New York. And again, this one was released, or this press release was March 12th, 2023. That was a Sunday. It says, Signature Bank of New York, New York, was closed today by the New York State Department of Financial Services, which appointed the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, also known as FDIC, as the receiver. To protect depositors, the FDIC transferred all the deposits and all of the assets of Signature Bank to Signature Bridge Bank, a full-service bank that will be operated by the FDIC as it markets the institution to potential bidders. That's very interesting on that one. I had not heard of that wording before. goes on to say Signature Bank had 40 branches across the country in New York, California, Connecticut, North Carolina, and Nevada. Banking activities will resume Monday, March 13th, 2023, including uh, online banking. And it says depositors and borrowers will automatically become customers of Signature Bridge Bank and will continue to have uninterrupted customer service and access to their funds by ATM, debit cards, and writing checks in the same manner as before. Good luck with that, because a bank failure is a bank failure. Signature Bank's official checks will continue to clear. Well, that's nice. Loan customers should continue making loan payments as usual. <laughs> so basically, the again, the bank can screw up, but you better not. Otherwise, you will lose your house or your car, whatever the case may be. Um, says here, the transfer of all the deposits was completed under the uh, systemic risk exception approved earlier today. Um, this is on that day. All depositors of the institution will be made whole. No losses will be borne. Uh, by the taxpayers. Good luck with that. Let's hope that sentence is true. Shareholders and certain unsecured debt holders will not be protected. Uh, senior management has also been removed. <laughs> that tells you that they were the problem. Any losses to the deposit insurance fund uh, to support uninsured depositors will be recovered by a special assessment on banks as required by law. Uh, the FDIC as receiver of Signature Bank has also transferred all qualified financial contracts of the failed bank to the Bridge Bank. These actions will protect depositors and preserve the value of the assets and operations of Signature Bank, which may improve recoveries for creditors and the DIF, which is that insurance fund. Signature Branch, or sorry, Signature Bank had total assets of, uh, man, this is a lot, 110.4 billion dollars and total deposits of 88.6 billion dollars as of December 31st, 2022. As receiver, the FDIC will operate Signature Bridge Bank to maximize the value of the institution for a future sale and to maintain banking services in the communities formerly served by Signature Bank. 
A bridge bank is a chartered national bank that operates under a board appointed by the FDIC. It assumes the deposits and certain other liabilities and purchases certain assets of a failed bank. The bridge bank structure is designed to bridge the gap between the failure of a bank and the time when the FDIC can stabilize the institution and implement an orderly resolution. The FDIC named Greg D. Carmichael as CEO of Signature Bridge Bank. Mr. Carmichael recently served as president and CEO of Fifth Third Bank Corp. So they're, they're trying hard to save the depositors because as of yet they haven't found a bank at this point when this was written they have not found a bank that will take over this bank and assume all this financial risk then there was a separate press release 8 days later on March 20th 23 let's see here March 20th 2023 it says um Let's see. It says subsidiary of New York Community Bank Corp Inc to assume deposits of Signature Bridge Bank from the FDIC. So they found it sounds like from the title that they found someone that will take over this bank and assume the risk. Let's dive in and see what happened. So let's see here this is from March 20th, 2023. It says the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, also known as the FDIC, entered into a purchase and assumption agreement for all deposits and certain loan portfolios of Signature Bridge Bank um by Flagstar Bank National Association of Hicksville New York a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Community Bank Corp Inc of Westbury New York law information in just that one big old long run on sentence it says the 40 former branches of Signature Bank will operate under New York Community Bank Corp's Flagstar Bank on as of March 20th, 2023, the branches will open during their normal business hours. Customers of Signature Bridge Bank should continue to use their current branch until they receive notice from the assuming institution that full service banking is available at branches of Flagstar Bank. Depositors of Signature Bridge Bank other than cash depositors related to the digital asset banking businesses will automatically become depositors of the assuming institution all deposits assumed by flagstar bank will continue to be insured by the fdic up to the insurance limit which of course is $250,000 flagstar bank's bid did not include approximately 4 billion dollars of deposits related to the former signature bank's digital assets banking business so if you were involved in that in digital assets banking it's a loss they're not going to take on that that debt they're not going to cover it the fdic will provide these deposits directly to customers whose accounts are associated with the digital asset banking businesses and then they give a telephone number if you have questions it says here signature bridge bank was created by the fdic on march 12 2023 to take over the operations of signature bank new york new york after the new york state department of financial services closed the bank and appointed the fdic as receiver as of december 31st 2022 the former signature bank had total deposits of 88.6 billion dollars and total assets of 110.4 billion dollars today's transaction included the purchase of about 
$38.4 billion of Signature Bridge Bank, uh, their assets, including loans of $12.9 billion purchased at a discount of $2.7 billion. Approximately $60 billion in loans will remain in the receivership for later disposition by the FDIC, so that's not good. It means that this other bank is like, I'm not taking on all of that. You know, FDIC, you're going to hold on to that mess. You're going to hold on to that mess. We are not. That's what they're saying there. In addition, the FDIC received equity appreciation rights in New York Community Bank Corp. Inc., a common stock with a potential value of up to $300 million. So they basically, they're helping to save the depositors of this failing bank. They're trying to recoup a bunch of losses, but they're not willing to take on the really bad assets. They're leaving that for the FDIC, and I don't blame them. Um, the FDIC estimates the cost of the failure of Signature Bank to its deposit insurance fund, which is to the American taxpayer because this is federal dollars, uh, is to be approximately $2.5 billion. So that means $2.5 billion is being paid by us, the American taxpayer, because of this stupid bank's behavior. More than likely, upper management. The exact cost will be determined when the FDIC terminates the receivership. So basically, they can't say how much it costs until it's all completely said and done. That's basically what they're saying. So um, a lot of money that went down a rat hole, and that's very unfortunate because the people that suffered are, of course, their customers, their clients, uh, the depositors, and also the American public because we are the ones that are paying our taxes And it's our tax dollars there that are being used to fund the FDIC. Also, there are bank fees that are used to fund the FDIC. So we can take a look at that later in time and dive more into that. But there, there are many things that, that the American people are put on the hook for, and that's, that's not our responsibility at all. Not at all. That, that is not our responsibility. But unfortunately, um, When you have situations like this happen, it, it can lead to a lot of messes. And especially when you're dealing with a financial mess, it tends to get really bad really quick. But again, I guarantee you, upper management, they, they had opportunities to correct this. They had opportunities. Um, so I clicked on the generally or general frequently asked questions in regards to this. So the first question on this list, and this is from July 13th, 2023. It says, what happened to Signature Bank and Signature Bridge Bank? The first answer is, on March 12th, 2023, Signature Bank was closed by the New York State Department of Financial Services and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC, was appointed as receiver of Signature Bank. Thereafter, Signature Bridge Bank assumed certain assets and liabilities of the FDIC as receiver for Signature Bank. The second answer that they have there is on March 20th, 2023, Signature Bridge Bank was closed by the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, and the FDIC was appointed as receiver for Signature Bridge Bank. The third answer that they have is on March 20th, 2023, the, uh, it says FDIC-R, entered into a purchase and assumption agreement for substantially all deposits and certain loan portfolios of Signature Bridge Bank with Flagstar Bank, National Association of Hicksville, New York, a wholly owned uh, subsidiary of New York Community Bank Corp. of Westbury, New York. 
And the next question is, what happened to Signature's multifamily loan portfolio? Very interesting question. The answer is here. It says at failure, Signature Bank had over 2,800 multifamily loans totaling in excess of 20 billion dollars. Loans collateralized by either rent-stabilized or rent-controlled properties totaled in excess of 2,200 loans. With an aggregate balance in excess of 15 billion dollars, goes on to say the FDIC-R retained substantially all of Signature Bank's multifamily loans. The FDIC-R is committed to operating. Oh, this is interesting. To operating the Signature Bridge Bank receivership in a manner consistent with all of its statutory obligations. True, but it doesn't really address all these loans <laughs> at about. 20 billion dollars in excess. That is a problem. It says, what are the FDIC-R's statutory obligations? As receiver, FDIC-R is obligated under statute to conduct operations in a manner which, number one, maximizes the net present value return from the sale or disposition of such assets. Number two, minimizes the amount of any loss realized in the resolution of cases. Number three. Ensures adequate competition and fair and consistent treatment of offers. Number four, prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, sex, or ethnic groups in the solicitation and consideration of offer, offers. And number five, maximizes the preservation of the availability and the affordability of residential real,、uh, real property for low and moderate income individuals. FDIC-R is committed to working to achieve positive outcomes <laughs> consistent with its statutory obligations. Oh, wow! Interesting there.、Um, a lot of interesting answers here. I'm going to skip to another one.、Oh, da, 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 da. Okay, so it says, "What is FDIC-R's sales strategy for the signature multifamily loan portfolio?" Number one, FDIC-R plans to sell loans retained in the signature failure, including the rent-stabilized multifamily portfolio. Number two, the portfolio may be split into different pools to improve bidding prospects, allow for different marketing timeframes, better match portfolio segments to qualified buyers, and ensure that the transaction best accomplishes FDIC-R's. Statutory obligations as described above. Number three, FDIC-R is considering retaining an equity investment through a joint venture for some or all of the multifamily loan portfolio, including the rent-stabilized multifamily portfolio. Number four, the FDIC-R expects to announce the start of the signature multifamily loan sale by the end of September 2023. And number five. Any new owner of loans purchased from FDIC-R must also comply with all state and federal laws with respect to the ownership and servicing of loans. So, very interesting here about this because what what makes this bank failure so bad is that it included many loans on properties that are in regards to apartment complexes. So it's not just regular housing. You know, like single-family homes. This is multi-family. So basically, a lot of people, I guarantee you, in these apartments and these buildings, they probably didn't know what was going on. 
So they probably didn't know who they were paying their rent to. And the thing about that is that even though they may not have known who they are paying their rent to, my concern as a tenant in that situation would be how do I know they really got my money if this bank has failed and the supposed owner of these properties is now the FDIC. So that's kind of a concern there, but it really does put a spotlight on why would such a small bank, and it is a small bank compared to other banks, why would a small bank just have that many loans for multifamily entities? Usually only larger financial institutions do that many loans when it comes to real estate like that, when it comes to multifamily buildings. Um that's just a lot of risk and you know what they suffered the consequences for that what i think happened and i'll close with this i guarantee you the bank management a lot of upper management and companies like this they they tend to not have a very good opinion of people that rent because they think they can just lease them and fleece them because they don't actually own a home or they don't have like a normal mortgage it's it's they they are tenants they are paying rent Unfortunately, a lot of people that are just tenants and they're paying rent so they don't actually have a title or a deed to a home. They don't have, they don't have a mortgage. They're actually paying off someone else's mortgage. They tend to get gypped a whole lot more than someone that actually owns their own home. So, unfortunately, there are many companies and corporations where upper management, many of them they own their own home. possibly multiple homes but they do not have a very positive opinion of people that rent and yet i guess they somehow forgot what it was like to be poor or to not make as much money and they forgot what it was like to be a tenant at a apartment complex so i think it's all those things when you have people that again this is a small bank a signature bank was a small bank it was not a big bank um it's like i've said times past sometimes Small towns have small minds and you might be saying well well that was located in New York New York well it 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 has that small bank feel and unfortunately what I don't like about small banks is they tend to operate like small towns they really do they're they're very judgy and they they love money they really do so just because you're doing business with a smaller bank that doesn't mean that they are less corrupt than a larger bank like JP Morgan Chase or something. If anything, it's these smaller banks in my personal opinion that are more corrupt because no one thinks to look there why because they're small. If you'll notice most of the banks that are on this list that we are taking a look at, they are small banks that they they took off or basically they 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 took a bigger bite than they could handle. And when and when you're talking about financially, that is a tremendous risk tremendous risk you know if you want to take a big bite out of something but you know you can handle it by all means but these smaller banks a lot of them they 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 basically want all the money of a larger bank but they don't want to really be held accountable to the same standards is what i'm trying to say a lot of these smaller banks they very much remind me of credit unions where they they say that they they offer the same services as a big bank but they don't have the big bank feel meaning they they treat you like you're not a number they they want you to feel like you're your family 
always be on your guard when a business treats you like family because at at the end of the day um you will see very quickly they are not your family if ever you miss a payment and it's like well where where's the love and kindness now oh it basically walked out the door with your deposit that may or may not have been insured depending on the dollar amount that was in your account so just be just be um mindful i don't want to say fearful you should never be fearful but just be mindful of people that um that are kind of too welcoming sometimes especially with your money and they want to um do a lot of business all at once really quick um i i find that to be odd and i think that's what happened here because again the biggest red flag to me is all these bank loans to multi-family entities I mean that's that's very suspicious to me because usually again I only see you know you know hundreds if not thousands of loans for multi-family entities with larger banks not smaller banks because usually smaller banks um usually they can't cover the cost of defaulted loans and I guarantee you that's probably what happened here doesn't say a whole lot but um I would imagine that was part of the problem But, but anyway, I will I'm not going to assume I know because I don't, but I just know from um looking at different loans and working in the financial sector and the in the accounting world for many years, um whenever you see a small bank taking on so much risk and they're not being forced to. These are not car loans. These are not homeowner loans. So this is not a Obama issue or a or a Clinton issue. Um they were not forced to give out these loans. They they willfully did it. So that tells you that their upper management is is not very smart about this. So if it was me and I was hiring people, I would not hire anyone that worked at one of these banks because they ran it into the ground and they did not learn their lesson because you know the whole point of learning a lesson is that hopefully you learn it before a catastrophe happens. That's what it means to be smart and to have common sense. But needs to say it takes a lot for a bank to fail. You know, let's say you have one bad loan. Okay, it's one bad loan. Don't do it again. They did over two thousand. That's my point with this. So it wasn't just a little oops. It was oh man, oh man. That's how bad it was. Um, so just FYI, be aware of that, and um, hopefully you are doing business with a way better bank than these that we are mentioning. So just be aware. just you know just just be aware and also i would say pray about it you know definitely let let the god of abraham lead you in the right direction cuz i mean why why listen to upper management at a bank when they have your money you know they probably have a house that's paid for by using your money because you put your money in their bank so just be aware of that and again i'm not against bankers i'm against bad people doing bad things that's the thing Not everybody that works at a bank is bad. In fact, most people are good. Not everybody that works in Wall Street is bad. In fact, most of them are good. Most of them are good. But it's just that when things like this fail, it's important to put a spotlight on this. And another thing, I'll say this before I close. I thought of this. Every single one of these banks failed because of workers that did something bad or wrong and they they did not correct it before it hit the fan. So it's as I've said in times past, 
workers' rights applies to everybody equally, even these stupid bankers that really mess this up, and even upper management. But you have to remember that when they're making mistakes like this, they're not being good workers. And one of the biggest reasons why they're not being good workers is because they don't see themselves as a worker. They think they are above everybody else. That's arrogance. That's cockiness, and that's conceitedness. And that's why these banks failed. They had it in their mind that because they're better than everybody else, even though they're not, they in their mind they think that they're better than everybody else, and they think that they are too big to fail. Therefore, their their little bank is too big to fail. No one is too big to fail. I think we saw that with the auto industry, for sure, and, and the housing crisis. So,、um, just FYI, be aware of that. But just please recognize that that when we talk about these different bank failures, and exactly what happened, we're talking about workers at these banks, at all levels of management, basically, and even sometimes the CEOs make really bad mistakes. These are workers too, and unfortunately. They were incredibly stupid. <laughs> so it's、uh, and here's the thing, you know, here they are, upper management. They have no excuse to make these kind of mistakes because they're they're costing our economy billions of dollars, and that's not right. You know, it's one thing to, you know, misplace two dollars. I would be irritated about that anyway. But it's one thing to misplace two dollars. You know, that's that's small peanuts, right? But it's another thing to mess up. Billions of dollars, and that's billions with a B. Like we're not just talking hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions. We're talking billions of dollars. Like that is a tremendous mistake, and because the the mistake is so large, that's why the FDIC has to get involved. That's why the FDIC would not get involved over misplacing two dollars. You know, a, a really good staff accountant or auditor can catch that and be like, "Hey, are, are you aware of this?" Because every dollar, every cent. Matters because it's someone else's money,、um, but when it comes to big mistakes, big mistakes、uh, lead to、uh, someone way bigger than these people getting involved, and that is the federal government, and that is the FDIC, and above all, the American taxpayer, which is you and me. So we definitely are fitting the bill for all of these、uh, stupid people doing stupid things at these banks. So <laughs> just be aware, and、um, you know, do not be fearful. You know, we we do need a banking system. Because you don't want to go back to bartering, you know that's not a good thing to do. That, but just be aware. And、um, I would say, if you're going to have an account, you need to have an account at different banks. You know, if you want to do business at a small bank, that's fine. But I think you should also have an account at a larger bank, more nationally known. That way, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. That would be my advice to avoid catastrophes like this. Because again, I don't trust people that try and act like they are my family, and I don't even know them. And it is a business transaction because that tells me they've got something to hide. And every single one of these banks on this list had a whole lot to hide. And guess what? You cannot hide it from the comptroller. You cannot hide it from a state agency, and you for sure cannot hide it from the FDIC. You can maybe hide it from the press, but、um, you you cannot hide these things. There are rules, laws, and regulations in place to to protect the consumer, but you know to also prevent catastrophe. And that's that's basically why the FDIC gets involved because it doesn't want people to to be without their money. You know, the FDIC doesn't want people to lose their homes, their cars, you know, their their retirement. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Consumers don't deserve that. 
they 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 do not deserve they they do not deserve that especially when it's not their fault you know so that's why i always say you know don't put all your eggs in one basket because it's definitely not worth it so just be aware of that but anyway until next time i pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much god bless and bye bye Don't let this world go down without a fight